everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, a Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And it's it's two for podcast day, two for Friday. Ah, eh, whatever well, you want to say. We got two draft <laughs> profiles for you today. Uh, we will be talking about Mac Jones, the much discussed Mac Jones, and Rashawn Slater. Uh, we already mm-hmm. talked about Panay Sewell, so this is the other top end offensive tackle that will go in the draft. Uh, so we're talking about QB and an OT today, a couple of offensive guys. Um, there is really no news to discuss no. today. Um, we're recording this on Friday, so I think I, I saw like the biggest piece of news today was Justin Fields is changing his jersey number. That doesn't You mean Jalen Hurts? Because Justin it. Fields doesn't have a jersey number yet. <laughs> <clears throat> I think I saw today that J- Jalen Hurts was changing his <laughs> jersey number. Just, just Look, try to smooth that. Here's out the thing, there. man. My, I, for some reason, my brain connects all these different, like Jalen, Justin, Kyle Fuller, Caleb Farley. Like for some reason, I'm just getting all these names confused. This draft season, man, I've just got everything is confused in my head right now. Um, luckily, we have everything written down for these draft profiles, so it keeps me straight. <laughs> Even though last week I started reading the pros instead of the cons at one point, I was right. like, wait, wait, what, no. Listen, we're like 11 deep in these now, so, uh, you know. Um, and I also want to apologize to the listeners. If there happens to be any jackhammering or nailing in the background, my neighbor is renovating their house they just bought, and they just like to do that, especially late at night. Around 10, 11 o'clock seems to be their fun time. Well. Hopefully we won't hear that. I'll let you know if I can hear any of it. Um, but that ma- the magic of editing, no one, <laughs> no one will know. All right, so we're just going to jump right into this, and let's kick it off with um, Mac Jones. Mac Jones was a three-star recruit coming out of high school and was ranked 18th best out of the 2017 class. He opted to go to Alabama and sit behind Jalen Hurts and Tua Ta- Tua. <laughs> to a tongue of Iowa. When Tua went down with an injury in 2019, Jones stepped in and played well for Crimson Tide, giving him the leg up on the starting job in 2020, but he would have to have to fend off five-star recruit Bryce Young. Uh, Jones did better than just keep him at bay. He played exceptionally well while leading the Crimson Tide to a national title and becoming a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. But he did not win. He ended up losing to the person he was throwing the ball to, Devontae Smith. Yes, who we just talked about. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's 6'2". Uh, he was a junior this year, again, out of Alabama. And the stats are extremely impressive for Mac mm-hmm. Jones. Uh, in 2020, he had a 77% completion percentage, 4,500 yards on the dot which that's, that's just impressive by itself. 4,500 yards exactly. Uh, 41 touchdowns, only four interceptions, and a weird that weird college QB rating of 203.1. I have no <laughs> idea what that means. <laughs> I don't know where their he scale He played goes really, to. really well. <laughs> An excellent season. And then in the spot duty in 2019 when he took over for Tua, really good numbers. I mean, 1,500 mm-hmm. yards, 14 touchdowns, only three interceptions, uh, with a 68% completion percentage. So... He is an extremely accurate quarterback. He's had mm-hmm. a lot of weapons to work with. I mean, hey. it's a murderer's row of, of QBs there, or of uh, hey. wide receivers. 
it's kind of difficult to rate Alabama players to a certain extent just yeah. because they have so much talent around them yeah. that any deficiencies you have as a player, you have somebody next to you that could probably help out. Yeah. I mean, uh, they get the best players and defense. Yeah. They get the best players. They get the best offensive linemen. They get, you know, they, they do play in the SEC. So they do mm-hmm. play in the toughest conference, which also, you know, all those other teams are getting top end players as well. So, you can't say that these guys haven't had competition. No. They certainly have. And it's and nice to talk a, about. Go ahead. They're, they're always playing in the playoffs, too. So exactly. it's not like. Yeah. They're always playing high-end competition, and, and they're going far into the season. And it's nice to talk about another player who played in 2020. Because it seems like <laughs> a lot of these guys that we've talked about have taken 2020 off. Which I think Slater did as well, right? That yeah, we'll he did. That we'll talk about in a minute. So uh, some of the pros and cons, we'll talk about the pros first. Uh, and there are a lot of pros for Mac Jones. Yeah. He's a great leader. He's extremely smart. He reads the pocket. He reads receivers. He throws guys open. He's, he's very smart. An accurate passer, as we've talked about. He's a very hard worker. Uh, he has succeeded against stellar competition, like we just discussed. Uh, great ball placement. Nice touch on his passes. Uh, he does lead receivers, throws them open, and he's got good movement in the pocket without being an elite athlete. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I want to talk before I go into the cons here sure. is that great leadership. Yeah. Is that's why I hear he has climbed up his draft stock mm-hmm. from the senior bowl, from talking to Matt Rule and everything. He loved the guy. He said he was a great, he, he was hilarious, they said. Um, they also said that San Francisco. Their coaching staff and stuff like that were at the pro day, and you know, that was kind of the thing is that every time there was a downtime, all the other players rallied around him. He always had everybody on the sidelines, the other players, all all laughing, having a great time, no matter what what the situation was. And they said that that really, really jumped out to a lot of the coaches there. That he yeah. just he he gathers the guys around and makes them better there's something to be said for that you know mm-hmm. a leader that has the respect like can command respect like that immediately mm-hmm. you know that's a special person absolutely now looking at his cons we he does have very limited experience about one season and a few few extra games where two mm-hmm. went out uh he's not mobile yeah he's not uh, i think his <laughs> longest run is 14 yards yeah. So, again, he's no dual threat at all. He's no danger of running. And he doesn't have the most powerful arm. I know he has that. It's a good arm. Mm-hmm. Way better than anything I could throw. But, I mean, sure. for an NFL quarterback, it's not the most powerful arm. He can get the ball down the field, but he kind of lost it up there. It's not zipping down the field. Yeah, and his pro day, you know, there were a few throws that he, uh, deep throws especially, that he missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was watching some video of him yesterday where it was kind of showing reactions from some of the coaches when he was missing those throws, and none of them seemed to be too excited about it. No. Uh, yeah, as, you know, why would you be? But, um, yeah, and that's that's one of the things that I saw as well. Just not, not a super powerful arm. Uh, he's not Josh Allen. He's not a, no. a Trey Lance with, you know, Trey Lance also has a great arm. Um, but I don't know, man, like <clears throat> the more tape I watched of him and things I read about him, 
my opinion of him is higher than it was before I started researching him for this. See, that's funny because I have a very similar – I have two NFL comparisons of the type of quarterback he could become. Yeah. He so could become – I mean, this is obviously – he could become a Tom Brady light. I don't think mm-hmm. he can ever be Tom well, Brady. But and the, a, Yeah, let's make it clear. Like, we're not saying he's going to win seven Super Bowls, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he can manage the games and play mm-hmm. well with a good system around him, play that great system. Because Tom Brady doesn't have the strongest arm, but he's mm-hmm. very accurate. He knows the system. He's very smart. Yeah. But I like this comparison a little bit more, and I feel this is kind of more where he's going to land. The Indy Dalton style. Mm. That I'm not very mobile. I've got a decent arm, not a powerful arm. I'm accurate, but I am not going to be that game changer. And that's kind of where I think he'll more land, but those are the kind of areas that I see him in. I think he's better than Andy Dalton. I think he'll be better than Andy Dalton. Um, I did have the Tom Brady thing in my head um, just because looking at his pros and cons and talking Mm -hmm. about his pros and cons, you could have said the exact same thing about Tom Brady really at any point in his career. You know, I mean, Tom Brady is not going to throw the ball 80 yards down the field. Tom Brady is not a mobile quarterback, you know, but he has all of those strengths, you know, his, his smarts, his ability to throw guys open, his ability to elevate his teammates. Um, what I was thinking, uh, you know, and I, and I was again, going to say the Tom Brady thing, but Kirk Cousins more came to mind to me than Andy Dalton. In ter- Doesn't of, Kirk Cousins have? He's a got a he's got a arm? probably probably a little more powerful arm, but everything else seemed to fit. Um, and I don't think Kirk Cousins has like the most powerful arm. And he's not up there with the, the tops he, of the league. I thought he had a pretty powerful arm coming out of college, if I remember correctly. Well, I, I saw a few. I saw a few uh, comparisons of Kirk Cousins. I also saw one of um, Trent Green. We're going old school. Hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, just that type of quarterback who's not going to, not going to wow you with his supreme athleticism or rocket arm where he just throws it from end zone to end zone, but a guy that's going to make the right decisions. See, for me, I think he's almost has to go to more of a West Coast offense, Mm -hmm. uh, that type of scheme. Yeah. He's not a modern quarterback. Yeah, that... And I feel like we already have something similar, except a more mobile Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, that he doesn't like to throw deep. He doesn't have that deep ball, but he can dip and dunk. But he's also I, not the gamer I think Mac Jones can be as well. I mean, I think Mac Jones's strengths are stronger than Teddy Bridgewater's strengths. Okay. Um, and I think he has a more powerful arm than Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, and I think he wants he he wants to take more risks than Teddy Bridgewater. Now again, is that because he had the best receivers in college football? Maybe. Yeah. He's not going to have the best receivers in the NFL. He's going to have very good receivers here. Yeah. You know, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are very good receivers, and he's going to have Chris McCaffrey as an outlet. Um, again, is he at the top of my list? No, but I just I like him better than I did. Uh, so let's let's go through our our standard questions here. That we ask for every player. Uh, does this player fit the current roster? I mean, I would say yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. quarterback's a position of need. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. He, he, I think he would be an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. 
Um, will this player fall to the Panthers at eight? Now, this is the question. <laughs> if if the answer is no, then Ooh. Panthers fans are extremely excited. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm going to say no. I think I really think the 49ers are going to grab him. I th- Man, that would be that would be so insane. Yeah. I would love it. I would love it, and I'm rooting for it hard. Um, that's gonna have to be one of our uh, one of our bets for for draft week. Um, would you be excited to draft this player at the number eight overall pick? I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I think it, for me it would depend on who else is available, mm-hmm. and if he's the best quarterback available, then there are gonna be other players that I would rather draft. Absolutely. So, so I would say no as well. Now, now if they trade back to 15 or 16 right. or something like that, get a couple, like maybe next year's first from another team or something like that, then they grab them. Yeah, I'm going to probably be excited because then, you know, they're building, they got more picks. Yeah. But at number eight, drafting Mac Jones, I would not be excited. I think like 10 years ago, Mac Jones would be the number one player, like just with his skill set. The, I still think the Trevor way the Lawrence NFL would. was. Well, maybe Trevor Lawrence, of course. I'm sorry. I don't even think about Trevor Lawrence because he's not <laughs> he's not a possibility for me. So oh, uh, I'm he's not like, a possibility for the Panthers. Right. He's not a possibility for our team. We literally um, said, I think last podcast we mentioned <laughs> ten first round draft picks for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And you're like, do you think the Jags would even do it for that? And I was like, probably not. <laughs> yeah. They'd at least have to think about it. Um, <laughs> All right, so where does he fall on the Meow Mix big board? Uh, and I will I'll go over this again, as we always do. Uh, Penny Sewell, number one. Justin Fields, number two. Zach Wilson, number three. Trey Lance, number four. So that's all your quarterbacks. Uh, Caleb Farley, then Patrick Sertain. That's your corners. Kyle Pitts at seven. Devontae Smith at eight. And Micah Parsons at nine. Is Mac Jones number 10? Does he come in above Micah Parsons? I will let you pick this. Okay. Then I'll say my piece. <clears throat> I think I, you know, just for the Panthers drafting, would I ra- I'm, I'm thinking I would rather have, I definitely would rather have all eight before Mike Jones. I'm thinking of Micah Parsons because of the Panthers' needs. Uh, so I will put Mac Jones at number nine. I'll put him one spot ahead of Michael, Micah Parsons. And I would put him at 10. Just okay. because I would prefer to have Parsons on this defense long-term. Perryman's on a one-year deal. Yeah. I think, I think Michael Parsons, Parsons will be a better linebacker than Mac Jones will be a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But for the Panthers, I think the need at quarterback is much higher than the need at linebacker. Okay. So. I will put him at 9 then for you. Because we can put an I asterisk. W- because we, we have an asterisk beside Kyle Pitts. So. Yeah. And it's not a big, big difference. No, no, not not like the the gaping gulf of of Kyle Pitts, <laughs> where I would have him, I would have him above like, a couple of quarterbacks, and you'd have him below <laughs> Matt Jones probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so, I would have Devonte Smith over him, and yeah, yeah. So, all right, I think that's gonna do it for the Mac Jones portion of this podcast. Yeah, I think we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be right back with Rashawn Slater. Today's episode is presented by The Skin Store. For over 20 years, The Skin Store has been the number one destination for premium skin care, hair care, and beauty products. 
With over 8,000 products from 300 brands, the Skin Store has you covered for all of your hair, cosmetics, supplements, and of course, skincare needs. Find your favorite brands like Elta MD, New Face, Olaplex, and more all in one place with gifts with every purchase. Right now, the Skin Store is offering our listeners 20% off of your next purchase by using the code POD. That's code P-O-D for 20% off of your next purchase at skinstore.com slash pod.list. Skin Store, have the confidence to tackle the day ahead. Exclusions apply. And we are back. We're going to go ahead and continue our draft profile series on Rashawn Slater, offensive lineman out of Northwestern. Rashawn Slater was a three-star recruit coming out of high school and decided to go to Northwestern. As a true freshman, Slater started 12 games at right tackle, and as a sophomore, he continued to start for Wildcats and ranked fourth-rated tackle by PFF that year. In his junior year, he was moved to left tackle and earned honorable mention for all Big Ten, in 2020, he and a lot of other players opted out because of COVID to prepare for the draft. Again, I don't knock any of these guys for skipping college and preparing for the draft, especially with the COVID situation. That's something we we talked about, you know, when when this whole COVID opt-out deal started. You know, we talked about it's going to be harder to evaluate players this year for the draft, and there's going to be some busts that go early, and there's going to be some home runs that go late. Mm-hmm. So that's just going to happen this year. We all have to understand that. Um, so Rashawn Slater is 6'3", 304 pounds, senior, as we talked about. Uh, looking at his stats, 2019, he was rated a 90 overall by PFF. That's an elite, elite score. Uh, he gave up zero sacks. He gave up four hurries in 11 games. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, in 2018, he gave up two sacks only for the entire year in 14 games, uh, 15 hurries. So he improved, That which is what you like to see. You like to see improvement. Especially when he moved over to left tackle that year. Exactly. So he was right tackle in 2018, left tackle in 2019. So he's got some uh, versatility. Mm-hmm. Would you like to see? Not going to have to worry about him playing right tackle here. That that spot's sewn up with Moten. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, this, that's what you like to see, stats-wise at least. Uh, we'll go into the pros and cons here. Uh, pros, he's got a compact and muscular frame with good lean mass. Uh, his reps against uh, Chase Young last year, or I guess in 2019, were very impressive. Uh, I don't have the numbers, but obviously he didn't give up a sack so because he didn't give up any sacks that year. Um, but, yeah, he went head-to-head with, with Chase Young. Uh, he's fluid as a blocker and has a good feel for second-level angles. Reads and, adjust, uh, reads and adjustments are fast and effective in space. He's got quick response to inside shots, and he possesses excellent core strength and contact balance. Uh, he's just an intelligent player. Yeah, really, really good and uses his body very well. Right. As an offensive lineman, uh, cons. Uh, some teams might see him more. He, a lot of teams look at him more of as a guard than yeah. to a tackle, uh, because of his arm length. Uh, slight inconsistencies maintaining inside hands as a pass pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, has some issues getting pad level low in short yarded situations. 
And going back, he's short for an NFL offensive tackle. Yeah, I saw you put that in there, and I, and I quickly did some research on the heights of the best of the like the top left tackles mm-hmm. in the NFL, and they're all like six five, six six. Mm-hmm. So, and he's six three. So, yeah, he is a little shorter. And now, some of those other. Go ahead. I was gonna say six three is what Northwestern listed him as. Now yeah. I don't know what he measured out in on his pro day or if he's had his pro day because that I changes. I think it's six three. Okay, because yeah. I remember like Drew Brees was listed as like six two in uh, college. <laughs> yeah, right. Very generous six <laughs> two. Um, some of those other cons, like you know, uh, his hands in pass protection and uh, getting his pad level low, like that's all stuff that he'll hey, be absolutely taught, right. That's all coaching stuff. Um, the thing that he doesn't have really that you know we always say you can't teach size. He doesn't have the huge size. He doesn't have no. the long arms. Um, so I, I do wonder about that when we're comparing him with Panay Sewell, who is number one on our big board right now as you know our favorite tackle, favorite player really in this draft. Well, I don't know how he compares to him. I, in my eyes, I do think he's going to become a guard. I don't see him be or a right tackle. I don't see him becoming a left tackle in the NFL. Mm. I mean, I obviously someone's probably going to draft him and try to put him there, but I think mm-hmm. his overall position in the end is going to be a guard or right tackle. Yeah. If that's the case, then I wouldn't want to draft him in the top ten. Yeah. Personally. I, 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 not to jump on our things, that's kind of yeah. the way I see it, and I think that's kind of the way I'm going to lean when we go over our big board and everything else. Yeah. Well, let's just jump into our questions here. Uh, these are questions we, we ask on every player. Uh, does this player fit the current roster? Yeah. Even he if does, he goes we, in as a guard yeah. or, I mean, right tackle, we only have Taylor Moten for one year right now. So. Yeah, if he's if he's like an elite guard, then we've seen elite guards make a lot of money. Yeah. You know, they, are, they are valued, so absolutely. Uh, will this player fall to the Panthers at eight? Almost guaranteed. Yeah. I've seen a couple mocks where he goes before, but... I would expect him to fall to us. If we're assuming that there will be, you know, four quarterbacks taken before eight, there's no way that Slater's gone before then. Uh, would you be excited to draft this player? I would. I, I would be too. Yeah. I think this is another player that I would really want us to drop back if we are targeting him, though. Yeah, um, agreed. I think we could probably drop back to maybe 12, 13, something like that. And still mm-hmm. get him. I think he's going to go in the top fifteen for sure, um, because he is a very talented guy, and he and he is coming in as a tackle. So, yeah, I, I agree. We, we, yeah, we've seen shorter tackles work out before. I, I can't name any off the top of my head because I don't keep track of heights of tackles, <laughs> but I'm sure that there has been a tackle that's not six six that has been successful. You're not Rain Man with every tackle <laughs> height right. in your head. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's very successful in college, so, you know, that doesn't always translate to the NFL, but usually the top-end offensive linemen translate pretty well into the NFL. Yeah. That's pretty standard. And he's he's good. He yeah. he was getting better in college as well. It's not like – that's one of my problems when I see one guy, like, have only one year. This guy mm-hmm. continued to get better and better and better in college. Right. So. I would have loved for him to – uh, to actually 
play this past year. I think another year in, you know, on tape for him. Especially at left tackle. Yeah. It would have been beneficial for us doing this podcast. Maybe not beneficial for him because he's still <laughs> going to be, you know, a, a high-end first-round pick. <laughs> so, uh, so where's it going to end up on our big board here? Uh, we'll go over the guys, uh, including Mac Jones, who we just talked about. So, number one, Penn A. Sewell. Number two, Justin Fields. Number three, Zach Wilson. Number four, Trey Lance. Number five, Caleb Farley. Number six, Patrick Sertain. Number seven, Kyle Pitts. Number eight, Devontae Smith. Number nine, Mac Jones. Number ten, Micah Parsons. So, Jerry, since I had to choose Mac Jones first, who would you take, or where would you take Rashawn Slater on our big board? This is really tough. Really tough. I am going to slide him in right below Patrick Zertain. Hmm. So above Kyle Pitts and Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, and Micah Parsons. Well, that is not surprising to me. I knew that you would put him ahead of Kyle Pitts. <laughs> to me, I think he goes... Uh, I would put him right below Trey Lance, I think. I'd put him above the corners. Oh. Um, no, I wouldn't. No, I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you. Because I think corner is... Uh, we uh, Man, if we could have that lockdown corner for five years, it would be great. Yeah, that's... Um, I agree. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. And again, I'm kind of nervous about him not becoming a ta- left tackle and more of yeah. guard. Or so. I think I might actually slide in between Farley and Sertain, but I'll go with you on this one. We'll, we'll just because Farley Sertain could be a toss up. I think Penesul is maybe a tier upon himself. I like do a too. Tier one, and then Rashawn Slater is like a tier one. See? It's like the quarterbacks. Trevor <laughs> Lawrence is up else. there on yeah. the elite, elite tour, uh, right. level, and then the rest are kind of below it. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So okay, so I mean, he's still still up there. Um, yeah. You know, I would have Kyle Pitts quite a bit higher, but you know, we know that. So <laughs> uh, no need any to other bring up the old wounds? <laughs> I know, I know. Any other final thoughts on Rashawn Slater? No, I really like his progression in college. Um, if he was a little bit bigger, I'd really like him, but yeah, I, yeah, I think just the only reason that I'm sliding him down so far is he didn't play in 2020 and I really would have liked to have seen two elite years from him at left tackle in college Yeah, to rate, to rate him as high as I would like to rate him, especially eighth overall. I mean, that's what we're looking at. I agree a hundred percent with that. Yeah. I mean, he didn't even go the whole season at left tackle there. It was only 11 games that he played in. So, Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, if they didn't make any sort of bowl game or playoff or anything, that might have been the whole season. So I, I don't know. I don't. Again, I don't have Northwestern's schedule in my head. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to do it. Yeah, I do too. We want to thank everyone for listening. If you like the show, please let your friends know. Please follow us on Twitter at Meow Makes Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at mailbag at meowmakespodcast.com. And if you leave us a five-star review on and a comment on Apple Podcast, we'll read it on our show. Next week, we'll be taking a look at wide receiver Jamar Chase. Yeah, and that'll pretty much be the last one we talk about, I think. We'll have covered pretty Individual much all the... Individual players, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. Well, first, last one of these guys that could go at eight, I guess. Yeah. That's what, that's it, what we're talking about here. 
And then we're going to take a look at second and third round picks, then late, late round picks, mm -hmm. our mocks, and then we will have our draft bets. Yeah. And then the draft will be here. So it's coming. It's coming fast. Woohoo! Then um, all these uh, questions will hopefully be answered. Yes. And, and if none of these guys are drafted at eight, then eh, this was all for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but, Who, okay. If they don't yeah. draft... The only person that they would draft at eight that we have not covered would be Trevor Lawrence. And I'd be ecstatic <laughs> about that. If it was somebody yeah, else, right. I am. Yeah, it would be. Uh, I may take a break from the podcast for cursing's sake. They might go out, way out in left field. But, I mean, we've covered, what, this will be 12 guys, I guess? 13 guys? Mm -hmm. um, 12. For that eight spot, so. We've got a. We've got. We must have talked about them. Must have talked about them. But hey, who knows? Uh, anyway, <laughs> until next week, everybody. When we talk about Jamar Chase, uh, hopefully there'll be some news to talk about that doesn't involve, you know, below average quarterbacks changing their jersey number. That'd be nice. Um, but until then, everybody stay safe out there and keep pounding. <laughs>